So, you know, Al, let's just talk a little bit about what's to come. What What are you looking forward to as a new president uh, to bring to the chapter? Looking forward to just continuing the, the energy and enthusiasm that's been built up, um, keeping that going. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Memphis Association of Black Journalists Tips from the Field podcast. We are so glad to have you with us today. Um, as you know, this is a podcast dedicated to all of our members and specifically our students who are interested in going into the field of journalism or becoming a media professional. We're so happy to have you with us. My name is Kelly Cook. I am now the immediate past president of this illustrious organization. And I'm joined right now with our new president, our incoming president, Miss L. Perry of the Daily Memphian. Hi, Elle. Hey. So today we are supposed to be having a conversation just about MABJ. And I am over the moon excited about what's to come for the Memphis Association of Black Journalists. We've done some amazing things over the last couple of years and some things to come. So, you know, Al, let's just talk a little bit about what's to come. What What are you looking forward to as a new president uh, to bring to the chapter? Looking forward to just continuing the, the energy and enthusiasm that's been built up, um, keeping that going and getting people involved who maybe haven't been and just continuing um, the, the, the work that has been done over the past few years. Yeah, that's probably gonna be, isn't that like the biggest thing is getting people involved and knowing that we are here. And um, I know we have gotten a large number of people who have gotten on board and joined us, but it's always, it does my heart good to see the number of black media professionals coming to the market. Like we are flooding <laughs> this market in print and broadcast and PR. So it's just a great time to be a part of MABJ. So, you know, let's talk about it because before you became President L, you were VP of print. And I will say you are one of, literally one of the most active um, e-board members and members of the organization, along with the producer of this podcast, Ms. Brandy Hunter, uh, who is a student liaison. So looking back, I, I wanna talk a little bit about some of my favorite programming and I want you to talk about maybe what were some things that we did that you enjoyed the most. And I, I for one, one of my favorite, favorite ones was uh, when we did the Salute to the Black Press. And that was held at the National Civil Rights Museum. Shout out to Connie, shout out to Faith Morris, who worked with us to make that happen, where we just took some time to honor some of our journalists who came before us, specifically who worked for the Black press. We have folks from the Tri-State Defender, uh, from Ebony Magazine, uh, from WDIA that was there. And that was just something that was important to me. And I don't know for you either. I, I just feel like we have to do more of honoring those who did the work so we could sit in the seats that we sit in now, right? No, I could definitely agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah. The looking back part of it is very important. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was one of my favorite ones. Another one that I really loved, um, honestly, it came from a member who it was, it was in like May and it was just after COVID had started and it was just super stressful. And we did the emergency meeting 
um, where we called in a um, mental health expert. We brought in um, someone to talk about our legal rights and we just talked it out. I don't think people realize the stress that comes with doing this job. How have you dealt with being a journalist during a pandemic? It's been, I guess, adding to just the regular stress of the pandemic part and you know all that comes with that is like for me personally, like I'm like, I just emailed uh, Chip Washington because I'm doing a COVID numbers today. So like, that's something that, you know, that's an extra layer of, you know, I'm, it's kind of an ever present thought. It's like, oh, you know, eight people died today. Well, that I mean, that's not today's number, but like, you know, that might, I might look the, num- the number up and it's like, like that. And like, that's, you know, something that weighs on you and, you know, each, you, you're looking at numbers, but obviously those are individuals who are important to people in their lives and community and friends, family, things like that. And I think that that COVID took away some of the kind of coping mechanisms as far as like, oh, I'm going to go out, you know, after work. And it's like, well, you can't go out. (laughs) So you got to sit in your house. And like, I think that was, you know, but I guess personally, as far as dealing with it, just talking to people, like, talking to other people who are doing the same thing, like you're not alone, um, talking to friends. In some cases, if you have a therapist, talking to them, like, hey, this oh, yeah. is going on, you know, that's important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Get to know a therapist, find a therapist, find someone to talk to. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you, Elle, more. I felt on top of all of that and that you never leave it, like you can't walk away from it because we have to report on it. You're constantly talking to people who are dealing with the disease. You're constantly seeing the worst of the worst. And more importantly, like people forget, like we never stop going out to do oh, this yeah. job, right? right. In yeah. the beginning, I was freaking scared. Like I was, <laughs> my parents yeah. are here, but those that don't know, I'm from Memphis. This is home. So right. my my nieces, my nephew, my parents are all here. And I kept thinking about what if I bring this home or what right. what if I bring this around them? Um, and, the, and the stress of all that, like we just kind of had to learn on the fly. And it was, it was a lot. And I know for a lot of first responders or teachers or anybody who has to forward facing um, professions, it was just another level of stress. And sometimes I wonder, you know, it, you know, some years from now, we may look back on this and be like, mm, you might've could have done that better <laughs> and handle it differently. But my, 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 what a, what a difference um, a year and a half has made. Okay, so those are some of my favorite uh, moments in MABJ the last couple of years. What were some of your favorite uh, panels or moments for MABJ? Just some recent things, giving away the scholarship, that's really important to me and to, to be able to do that and to and, you know help somebody kind of further their career and the, the excitement around that. I uh, thought that was pretty gratifying. Just recently, this this meeting we had with the new Chalkbeat Tennessee uh, uh, editor and the the MLK Fifty new executive editor, who are both Black women. I thought I love to see that. You, you know, you have somebody who's at the meeting who's who's also you know broadcast news director and having all those Black women in those roles. I thought was 
like, man, this is really exciting to, to, to see this happening more and to have these people together. They can answer questions. And just thinking about somebody who was a college student on the call to see that was pretty powerful. Incredibly powerful. And um, I know that was something that you really spoke up for that you wanted to do. And I'm so glad that you did because having her there in all of these panels, I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying this because, because I'm supposed to say this, but I really take something away each time I go to that meeting, I learned so much. So yeah, that that was really good. One that I actually really liked was a um, was something that you and I planned together, which was the sports reporting, which might seem a little odd that that would be one that that would be on there. But I feel like we don't do enough, and I and I will say this um, that we don't do enough to reach out to our sports journalists. We should, and that was that was a lot of fun hearing you know their takes. Um, on on doing sports when sports wasn't really happening, right? They had canceled some seasons. It was strange, but it was fun, right? That was actually when I'm glad you brought that one up because that was exactly what I was thinking about. Like, that sports panel was that was that was good, <laughs> really good. Shout out to everyone who who participated on that one because if if you missed it, I'm I'm telling you that was it was. It was interesting because they even went beyond sports, which is a trend that we're seeing a lot now in sports journalism. Right. X's and O's, right? Right. You know, it's culture, it's politics, it's everything else, business. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's also exciting just to see the number of um, Black sports reporters here grow. I I know this wasn't uh, one of our events, but I think they just got together and they posted a picture and it was, I was like, wow, there's so many of (laughs) y'all. That was cool. so I think definitely think engaging them is, is great and something that that you know, should be continued because I mean even though sports is back it's still different you you gotta get a pass you know or get a test or vaccinate in some cases to go in and how it affects athletes what they choose to do or not to do and just you know people transferring schools because there there's more flexibility and things like that but just it's still it's still a different place than what it was originally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk about another one that I really enjoyed that I and I believe we made this into a podcast. Brandy, give me a thumbs up if we did or not. It was the January meeting about planning your pivot. Did we we did. I'm telling you, go back and listen to that one. That was another one of my favorite ones. Um, again, we had it was all women. I promise you, we don't plan this. I know you're like, how come you always have all women? It's it just works out like that. That was not intentional. But it was, we had three women, Georgia Dawkins. We also had um, Wendy Thomas, as well as uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany Cole, who is a from Career Thrivers. That was really, really good and something to take away because I feel like, L something that I've seen, a trend that is happening that I want all young journalists to really think about is how going into independent journalism, honestly, it's becoming easier and easier and really should be a route that you're thinking about. Honey, you got a YouTube channel and you got some skills and you know how to be a journalist and you can make that thing happen. <laughs> yes. I think there are a lot of people, like if you don't, if you want to drive outside of the traditional newsroom, there are a lot of people out there who are doing that and also people who want to help you if you do decide that that's the route that you want to go. It is. And, and all those women all left traditional uh, one from Commercial Appeal, one left uh, Corporate America, um, another one left a uh, as a producer pos- position 
um, at a major TV station in Florida and kind of went and did their own thing. And it can be scary, but having them talk about going after it, you know, the hustle, sometimes it's about hustling while you got that main job, right? Always thinking ahead about what else can I do? So planning your pivot, please go back. Tips from the field. If you're with us now, go back, check that one out. That was one of my, one of my all-time favorite panels that we did. Okay, so we are gearing this towards our kiddos and our student journalists that's coming up. Elle, I am really interested to hear what you think is, what would be the piece of advice that you would give to any future journalist? What do you feel might be missing? It's funny because we had some students from Hutchinson come into work and they were all girls because they did a field, they just did a field trip to the office. And so we had... They asked, like, what advice, you know, would you give somebody in high school? And I think this this applies for college as well. But, you know, whatever experience that is available to you, say, if it's you have a campus newspaper or a station or things like that, you need to get involved with that in some kind of way. If you're on the advertising side, you need to be, you know, working for them selling, selling advertising. If for college, you need to be actually getting internships. It's a lot harder to get a job if you never worked anywhere. So just um, the degree is great, but there, you know, in journalism it's practical. So people are looking for, well, who have you worked for? What kind of clips do you have? Let me see your real, and not just, oh, you have a you know degree and a gr- great GPA, which I mean, that's, that's great, but they're looking for some evidence that you have these skills. So even at the, the high school level, if you have a um, paper, you should be trying to, to write for it um, that helps with the college application side. And also, there's a lot of things you can do for yourself now. The barrier of entry is lower as far as being able to create things. So you know, these iPhones that have these great video uh, capabilities and things like that, you know, start a blog, start a Substack, you know, a newsletter. That's a kind of smaller way for you to to start getting experience and that that's something you can point to somebody like, you know, I've been doing this consistently for a year and I, you know, every Friday I, I have a new thing that I've, that I've sent out to people and people read it and engage with it. Or if, if you're going to things anyway, take, take your cam, um, your phone with you and do video and, and make little video clips of the things that you see every day. And you can, you can start that way. I'll work on something you just said, and you, you may not even realized it. But no, because L is also a manager. Consistent. Consistent. I think people, no, no, no. I really think that gets lost. I got this blog. Oh, cool. I got this website. You go and look it up and last post was 2018. Or, you know, you're kind of going, you know, you want to see that consistency and, and sticking with it. It says something to you as a manager, doesn't it? Right. And the- Get get some sort of web presence that's not um, social media. That's my resume is here. That's updated. You know, get get somebody to look at your resume. Your career services person at your college. You might be able to get like a trusted colleague to look at it. But um, somebody that knows what you know knows what to look for. Um, that's why MABJ is great. People. People, somebody here can look at your resume and like, hey, you might want to leave that off or, you know, add this or, you know, have your resume, your basic web presence. So when I'm like looking up, you know, L. Perry, like, okay, she has, she exists. You know, there's, there's proof of, of her, of her work out here and just 
somewhere to point people that's, that looks professional. You know, Al, for me, what I, what I feel is missing when I get students who send me stuff or talk to me about what do I need to do? I want to be a journalist. I want, I'm on the broadcast side. I work for WMC. I don't think I ever said that, but I work for Channel 5. And it's writing. That's it. Writing is important. I don't know why. I don't know how that's getting lost. But I am slightly concerned by the number of students coming out of journalism school who cannot write. And it's in. And with broadcast, I think, I don't know if, because you see people on TV and you think that's what we do. It's like, let's be very clear. <laughs> when you see me on TV, that's just the finished product right. of writing. <laughs> writing, or I, I hear students who say, well, look, I don't have a TV station at my particular school. Do you have a newspaper? Right. Are you writing for that newspaper? Right. Are you writing for the newsletter? Like, how much are you writing? You should be writing to your blue and <laughs> face right because that's how you make deadlines and that's how you become better at this line of work and knowing how to write for journalism and understanding the ins and outs and how to write journalistically is I don't know it just seems to be getting lost do you feel that I think it's very important yeah because if if you you know if you if you're hired they're they're quick very quickly you're gonna see the the importance of it and it's it's very much better to have that on the front end than kind of get thrown in there and like whoa whoa like oh I didn't I didn't I didn't realize it's it and a lot of these jobs I'm, I'm seeing as well are requiring writing tests that wasn't a thing when I first got into this business it is now these yeah. these writing tests they want to know that you can write a script that you can write an article you know right and you know they might be that we need to know that you can do this within a certain amount of time. So like, here's a press release, like, you know, you got whatever time period and like, like, what do you turn back into, you know, to the person that's that's doing this test? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Because I mean, that's, that's also something that, that is important that you gotta, you have to be able to be able you have to be able to do a good job and be accurate, but speed is important too. Ooh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, you've got to. We got deadlines, people. We got to get it done. Listen, we only have a couple more minutes before we have to leave, Elle. But I didn't want to leave without quickly telling folks about our journey in journalism. Um, how did you get started in this field? So I've been working professionally since 2007. I've always considered myself a writer. I like learning things. This job is great because you can learn something new every day. I can talk to somebody and pretty much they have to answer my questions, which is not, you know, the case in a lot of areas. Uh, I like to meet people. I think that's the most interesting part of my job is that people have interesting stories and I like to be the person that tells those stories. No, no, I I, I totally agree. I like how you said I ask questions. You kind of got to answer them. <laughs> the power of that. Hell yeah. yes, I love it. I, I agree. I think I think that's how I found my way into this business. I started my first TV job was a morning anchor in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Shout out to K Bain, the morning show. Yeah, it, we had like a live band. I told the news. It was it was quite interesting. Um, and then I went to Orlando, and um, I was there for about six years. And that's when I really got introduced to National Association of Black Journalists and got involved in my local chapter there. Um, I did some fun stories there. I did Casey Anthony. We did Trayvon Martin. We did, I did space shuttles and we did 
hurricanes. It was just a fun time to be a reporter. It was, mm -hmm. it was just some great stories at that time. And then I came home, Memphis is home. And um, I've been here um, ever since. So my journey in journalism, it's, it's, it's hard to believe it. Then finding my way into getting involved in MABJ has just been truly a blessing. I've loved my time as a journalist. You know, it's a tough time. Everybody doesn't love you when you walk in the room. That's just a reality. <laughs> You're not everybody's friend, um, but you get to do some great stories sometimes and make people really feel like this is why you're a part of this community and it feels good to be a part of this community. Um, that's why I like local news. And that's what I think is so important uh, that we have local journalists. So that's my journey. Madam President, I am so excited to see what you're going to do. Lady, I'm, I'm telling you, I think you're dope. And Thank I don't you. know if I tell you that enough. <laughs> I think you're dope, sis. I think you have a great understanding of journalism and all the things that we've been able to start this podcast, scholarship, all the great panel discussions that we've had. I think that's going to keep right on going with you. And I'm going to be right here supporting you all the way. If you want to join MABJ, how do we do that, L? You can go to our website. We can send us the cash app. Was $30 for professional members, $15 for students. MABJTN.org. That's that's the website. You can go join us, join us. We just ask that you can either be a full-time professional journalist, a media professional, or a student for $15, or you can just support the mission of MABJ. And we support this community. We That's just something we didn't even get a chance to get into, L was when people have concerns about what's going on at their station or their particular outlet, and we want to be their voice for them. That's what we do. That's what this organization does. So I think we're going to wrap up this episode. This is fun. This is fun. It flew right by, Elle. Thank you so much for joining us for MABJ's podcast, Tips from the Field. If you got some ideas or things you want to share with us, our email is open. You can also email us at mabjournal.com at gmail.com. That's M-A-B-J-O-U-R-N-O at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.